0: This is the At 28 I Said podcast, an audio time capsule which captures the conversation between three friends. I'm your host Stefan, joined here by my two co-hosts, Tina and Kishan. Hi. Hello. And now before we begin, uh, there's two special people with us here. One who's a special guest who will join us late on the show. And the second being Roshni, our mutual friend.
1: And live audience.
0: Mm. Now, how did all of us meet Roshni?
1: Uh, I'll go first. Um, I met Roshni first on our university bus, um, but then I got to know her through some mutual friends.
2: Uh, I met Roshni at university, and then uh, we started going to Gerba. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And <laughs>
0: oh, well, then they also got married. How <laughs> <laughs> I I met Roshni, I think the first day of sixth form where I just didn't walk fast enough and she managed to stalk up to me <laughs> and strike up a conversation. All of us are now actually best friends at the age of 28, if you haven't guessed by the name of the podcast. But we all met each other through Roshni. How did we meet, Tina? Uh,
1: we met through Roshni.
0: Yeah, but where? Do you remember? At Shisha? No. We went to the murder mystery. That was the first Ah, time met.
1: of course, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Roshni hosted a murder mystery of friends and family. Do you remember the first time we met? I'm just trying to think that actually. When, when was the first time? Uh, was it yeah. Park wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what did we do in the park? We were walking so Julian, uh, our mutual friend's dog. And Roshni Rosh came, friend, and came that's to right, yeah. And how did you two meet?
1: We met at university as well, um, through Rosh. Yeah, flat, flat, flat
0: 94. Flat 94, yeah. yeah. The, the famous uh, flat. Uh, the aspect, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here. And joined here today with us is our special guest, Mickey who's not
3: 28 yet. You know they say age before beauty. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: so, Mickey, how do we know you?
3: Um well, I know you guys through Kishan, who I know Roshni and then Roshni connects us all together. That's right. Yeah. Um at the start I think Roshni was jealous of me and Keishan. <laughs> I'm not too sure if that's changed after they got married. By the way, they're married. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> haven't stopped making yeah. <laughs> Uh
0: yeah, and then the two of us met when you came to Roshni's house, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then how did you two meet?
1: Same time probably. Yeah, I think the same day. Yeah. Same day, yeah. Same day. But you should say the story about how you met Kish.
3: Ah, okay, okay. So I met Kishan Diwali twenty fifteen. The date is very specific. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder in why. <laughs> I remember this man, because I gate-crashed his brother's party. Kishan, I don't think either of you guys had any idea who I was because I met through mutual friends, and now mm. I don't really, Now we're not really friends with those guys anymore. So I guess true love before. Serendipitous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: so yeah, the only time I met, I met Mickey once, I think, and then he decided to join us on uh, our holiday, uh, <laughs> boys' holiday, and... Uh, I got invited. They <laughs> okay, crashed the party <laughs> and then a holiday.
0: Okay, so then let's get started. What, <coughs> what is the aim of this podcast? Because uh, this was four days ago, I struck up a conversation with you guys saying that I would like to start a podcast just to save our conversations for the future. I was very surprised that you both just jumped on it. And now four days later, we're here with three mics and a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> and a live audience. <laughs> <laughs> and a live audience. So yeah, we've done
3: well so far. As you can important. see, the production value is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do um, you expect from
1: it? Well, obviously, firstly, to go viral, make oh. millions. Of course, yeah. Um, but mainly, just for us to listen back to you, like you said.
2: I think I think through our journey so far, you know, we've all had different uh, different viewpoints, and yeah. uh, uh, not everyone shares uh, the same point. Uh, so it's it's good to have this uh, uh, recorded so we can refer back to, <laughs> to you know, say when... I told you so. later. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: we wanted to start it off with a a question that hits more at home than you know your general question, which is. Do you think it's all right to stay with a partner before marriage? Live with. Yes, sorry, live with. And bear in mind that most of us here are second generation Asians. Is that the term for it? Yeah. So our parents, of course, would not have lived those days. But now that the, the generation has changed, I just wanted to see what your point of view is. Is it all right? Is it acceptable? Would your parents be okay with it? Hang on, what are you defining as second generation?
1: Yeah, isn't it? Aren't we second, ge- second generation Brick Asian, but first...
3: I would say we're first generation because none of us were born here.
1: Sorry, first generation, well, well, first generation
3: She rotation. was born here. Oh. Yeah, she was born But I'm here.
1: first generation, I'm still, my parents
0: weren't born here, so I'm first... Yeah, but they're first gen- generation to migrate here. So I think,
2: um, in my opinion, um, I think it's better to, you know, have a child period where, you know, if you... If you do like someone and you know you want to share and see how things are going and i i think it's a good point i mean good uh, you get to know each other you see how the other person's uh, staying what their opinions are uh, how well you know how organized they are you know are they living in the clothes lying around uh things like that i think very very minor details but i think in a relationship you know it's, a, it's it becomes a big problem if someone is compromising a lot and having to do all the uh, legwork for instance so i mean it, it is a and we've seen a lot of rice now where you know all the parents uh you know um what is it um te- technical st- uh, knowledge where is changing now they're saying it might be better you know for uh better for the you know for the kids to be sure who they're getting married to in the, and uh I think this is probably one of the, of the ways to, to do that, but
0: yeah. I see your point with that, <coughs> and I, I, my personal point of view is, it's quite boring actually, it's, you know, it, it depends on the person. I don't think that something like that can be spoken for, the, for a group. Neither one should be banned from doing what they want. But I agree with your point, but at the same time, life will always throw new challenges at you, and you have to learn to adapt. And even if you've, become, you know, you you're happy living together, at some point you might have to move, or someone has to work a night shift, or some change in life will happen, where you know you can't trial and error everything before, before actually you know buying the goods. I think we're going a bit too traditional <laughs> um, I'm neutral <laughs> uh,
1: so I, I can from a different standpoint um, so my family are more traditional in the sense that I wouldn't be allowed to live with someone before I got married but actually even for me personally I wouldn't want to because I think exactly on your point you you can't Test and trial, everything. Um, I think that if you get married, it should be a commitment that you are willing to stick through despite kind of the kind of decisions or small small things that may affect it. I mean, I, I agree that there are some big things that you may learn about someone after marriage and living with them. But I think those are, hopefully those are few cases. But I think that, um, I feel like if you get, if you live with someone before you get married, then not really much changes after you're married. So,
2: Let's say, for instance, you wanted to go abroad, you know, uh, so you come into a dilemma now. Do you tell do you tell your parents where you're going and uh, do you tell them who you're going with? Um, you know, and obviously, uh, like, for instance, let's say you go to another country and uh, it's just two of you going on an adventure and things like, obviously, you'll be sharing a room as well. Um, so in that case, would you, would you, what would you tell your parents? I mean, uh, I mean, it's a difficult uh, conversation
3: to have with your parents. I don't know. What do you think about it, Mickey. I mean, considering that we're all Asian and we haven't lived with any of our partners. (laughs) 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 I'd like to say uh, no, I would definitely not live with my partner before I get married. Mainly because um, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of <So her>. <laughs> after, the, after the commitment, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And I've lied to my parents about pretty much any relationship I've ever had. I mean, whenever I go on holiday, I will use one of my best friend's names right, yeah. to the point where they will think they, I might be gay, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can think there is. We just yeah. make
1: sure Mickey's parents don't listen to this make sure I'm
0: sending them the link right now.
1: <laughs> so, with my on going on holidays with a partner, so I agree that like Indian mentality is now changing in the sense that I think that parents are becoming more acceptable to like traveling with a partner yeah. or at least traveling in a group of friends and they kind of turn a blind eye to the room thing and right. you know so 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 within my family for example my sisters have traveled with their partners before they've been married um and I think that I think it's important to do that stuff I'm actually going to even go slightly off topic but on topic um and I actually believe in, like, getting married to someone quite soon after you've started dating them. So I don't think that you should get to know someone over, like, five years and then choose to get married. I think that you should get to know someone, and if you have a connection, like, and you think that it could work, then to get, like, I, I believe in getting married quite quickly. And the only reason for that is, if if I, like, look at my university experiences, I think if you get to know someone for too many years before you live with them, then you have all these, like preconceived images of what they what they'll be like when you live with them and then when you live with them they're completely different to what you've pictured but if you don't have all that time to build that ideal picture up of them then you you don't have you don't go in with those expectations set
0: i see your point but isn't that actually the counter argument because you would want to see what they're like so if you spend longer with them
1: well i so yeah i see your point that <coughs> i actually find that if you like if you get to know someone for if you know you have a connection with someone and you get to know the full them, like I think you you start to like love and appreciate them as a whole, um, as opposed to then starting to nitpick on on little things. Like for example, in my first year of university, I lived with a whole bunch of strangers who I would have never thought I'd ever be friends with such people. I mean, if they ever listen, <laughs> I love them now, um, or I love them at the end of uni. Um, but in in the, like, I would have never chosen to live with those people. In the second year, it was much harder living with people who I'd become really close to in the first year, because I had pictured what my life would be like living with these people, and then when I lived with them, it was completely different. Uh, and so it just made the relationship a bit harder. We're still really close <coughs> now, um, but I just think that I it was a much tougher time moving in with people I already knew really well.
0: Right. Um, well, that, that really follows to the bigger conversation, what your view is on marriage. And not to shift everything to the next episode, as we've been saying, but we'll be joined by two friends that we hope to discuss marriage overall in our next episode. But yes, I I agree that a lot of it comes down to how you view marriage. I might say I'm quite pessimistic on marriage. I look at the statistics on people getting married and, you know, divorces. But do you think think, um, part of that
2: reason is, um, you know, uh, couples getting married, but... They don't really know what they are. They are like you know, um, mm. and obviously mm. when they've got married, they've moved in together. They have to do spend a lot of time together in one place, uh, which has not been always, uh, which has not been the same, uh, previously, for instance. And uh, um, do you think pa- that's part of the reason why, you know, uh, different personalities
0: coming out? I th- actually uh, don't, because I, I think because we live in Britain here, and um, from from a nun. Asian point of view, I would say, that most people here do live together before they get yeah. married. And well, that calls on your
1: point, though, because when you're looking at divorce rates and you're yeah. saying that they're high right now, that's not taking into account just the Asian community. Those right, stats are right. based on overall, including people then that have lived together. Yes, yes, yeah, and yeah. I agree
0: with I mean, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I would actually say, just to sidetrack a little, the biggest reason to divorce these days is just the culture change. We've become... Yeah, I we've totally been told ridiculous. to become more selfish. You know, if you want something in life, you push for it.
1: But also, you've got so many but, choices. It's so easy to like swipe left or right, whichever way it is, turn the next person. Yeah, so you think that there's always... If you're not happy in a situation, you don't, You feel like there's yeah, another option to go yeah, to perfectly. Which
0: is, just to reel it back a bit, it's why I don't think marriage is necessary nowadays. Nowadays, people I feel like they just do it because it's part of the trash
2: like so recently um, obviously the UK uh, government passed a legislation mm. of uh, becoming a partner gives you equal rights to being married for instance <coughs> yeah but yeah, right. uh, I think I think we are g- going through that shift now that I think you don't have to get yeah. married for all these legal sort of protections if mm-hmm. you're living together so I think in that aspect you know we, we are seeing all these uh, new changes coming in but at the same time, is how is the Asian community uh, going to adapt to these changes? Would you think your parents would agree to have these the, sort of relationships and uh, um, and accept that? I, I actually I think, think that so. like
1: having marriage though is, is like and having this commitment that is like obviously just harder to get out of than just like it's like there's a lot longer processes and I think that ties into how much work and effort you're willing to put into making it work. So I think that that like the actual bond of marriage is one of the reasons, like, it's it's a reason that people stay together and choose to work through things rather than just, so I, I can't remember what my point was, but basically I think that marriage is still, it's still important to get married because I think it still puts some additional...
3: Well, I mean, I would think, I, I would take a completely different perspective on this. I wouldn't say that it's no longer, it's no longer necessary and it's part of tradition. I would say it's purely romantic in the sense that it's a declaration of love. You don't need to do it, but you choose to do it because you want to share everything that you have with this one other person and you want uh, want to commemorate it in front of your friends and loved ones. Um, I actually am a big believer in marriage. However, I don't think that you you should stay in a marriage just because you are married. And I do think a lot of our community are not victims of that. Uh,
0: say, yeah, yeah I'd sure.
3: victims to that kind of mind frame mm-hmm. I think but that's is a, that a positive well again we'll talk about that like, yeah and that? I
2: think I think that's more like a cultural thing you know where you know it's been passed on from generations uh, from my grandparents to our parents you know hmm. where they've been taught well not even taught but they've been like you know it's been grained into them that you have to be married you know for a very long time uh, you know for and it's a I think it's an Asian cultural thing that think we all have in common that way and our parents are like yeah we need to make this work I don't yeah. think that... but uh, just to
0: follow up on mickey's point do you think it's a good thing that marriage has become a gesture of love rather than what it should stand for or what it did stand for <laughs> i mean
3: for. if if we're being like historically accurate yeah marriages were based for political power right okay. it, it was it was uh it was called co- uh For you to uh, for status, for money, Mm -hmm. for allegiances, Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, what marriage came down to back in the day.
0: Yes, but the very origin comes from religion, if I'm not mistaken there. And in religion, most of them, it's the symbol of becoming one. Yeah. My point of view is that it, it should be that. It should be that no matter what you go through, you will stick together, and which is a big commitment, which is why I'm
3: quite pessimistic towards see that's interesting because uh statistics show that most people get divorced after they've been together for nine to eleven years I really? mm, think yeah. I thought yeah. it
1: was most people get divorced within after two years I know
3: they do it's, say the first year of marriage yeah is exactly what is. statistically between <laughs> nine and eleven years mm. is when divorce rate is the highest yes. among uh about among couples I think it's something to do with the fact that the kids are old enough yeah um, where it's mm. not so much of a burden um yeah
0: yeah. Okay, alright. Let's just reel it back because I uh, mean, summarised, but also we've gone into the topic of marriage. Rather right <laughs> than should you live with your your partner before marriage, I personally think I I personally would not because I have been brought up to be quite traditional in that sense, but I I strongly believe that you know you should live the life you want to live, and so if you want to do it, do it. Okay, taking you at the equation. Yeah. I, you know, I, yes or no. Yes. Yes, leaving yeah. the option for people to do it, not making it mandatory for everyone to sleep in <laughs> <laughs> it up. It's not. It's not even.
2: Uh, I don't think it's even sleeping with them. It's just more like being like together, you know, like yeah. sleep, no, like sleeping, hugging, and all the, those things, you know. That's what counts uh, at the end of the day. And uh, like, um, yeah, and I, I strongly believe that it, it's, it's worth uh, you know uh, giving a go. You know, if you think. You, you, if you think you like each other and uh, you want to see what it is like, then I I think you know, depending all obviously of your parents, uh, it's worth definitely going for it um, just to see what it is like. And and if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. So, at least you will know then rather than you know committing yourself, getting married and then moving in and taking those big steps. Yeah,
0: it'd be your mistake rather than exactly and the the culture's uh, mistake, yeah. exactly, and I
2: think. I think, uh, I think people's mind now, especially at our age, uh, we know what it is like, and uh, and everyone is getting, you know, uh, uh, you know, all the opinions are changing. We're getting married at a later age, in comparison to our parents who are married like 18, 19, a very very young age. So I think all that cultural difference is taking a big step, uh, in my opinion, and I think it, I think it's is it's good. And uh, I mean, if you do have the chance to do it, then I would
3: probably encourage that. All I'm saying is, right, if I don't live with them before I get married, there's no way they'll find out I like talking to them while I'm (laughs) making (laughs) a (laughs) dump. All right? There are practical concerns that nobody is talking about right now. They are locked in at this stage. (laughs) Me and
0: Mickey are not getting married.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But if my parents ask. (laughs) Uh, So you'll just know. Uh, no. Yeah, okay. I'm okay.
1: also a no. Um, I think, yeah, I think like save save something to be excited for and go in with full commitment. Make a decision that obviously you feel sure about. Someone that you're willing to go through probably a, <laughs> quite a difficult time with. I'd say hell, that might be a bit too far. Uh, <laughs> but someone you're willing to to kind of kind of really fight for fight with. Um, and yeah, and like save it for. Save it, for after mar- save it for after marriage. Save mm. it for after marriage, because then it changes. It's like a holy spirit, a whole new
0: holy new world, a whole <laughs> new world. Yeah, that was interesting. Okay, now yesterday's big news, Brexit happened.
1: Today, our first day of independence from
0: so, we... Yeah, for those who don't know, it means that the UK has now officially left the
2: European Union. And uh, we are at a transition period until the, the end of, until the 31st uh, December, December mm-hmm. okay. 2020.
0: So not much changes until then, right no. now, yeah. But the other big news of the month is Coronavirus. All I'm saying <laughs> is right,
3: there's two, half of this <laughs> podcast is topic, <laughs> <hopping>, right? <laughs> Chances are, if we don't make it in the next episode, <laughs> you'll have your At answer. At least you've heard what we think of it. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't think coronavirus is anything to be afraid of. Um, yeah. After being after hearing about it, it is literally just like the flu. Um, it's just a new virus. That's all it is. We don't have a cure for our, infu- our influenza. We don't have a cure for SARS or MERS or any of the other things. Ebola. Big, yeah. Oh. Oh, a British cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't, they're, they're all viral infections. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, I mean, the only people at risk are people that are elderly and have pre-existing conditions, yes. yeah. which is exactly the same for actual actual flu. Yeah. So I feel like we're all gonna get it. We're all gonna be fine. I don't oh, think we're gonna get it. I don't think so. Yeah, I just think, uh, I think
1: it's,
0: a, it's a tad bit more serious than you're making. I it I Because yeah. oh, I really I just right. looked up the statistic before we started, and apparently it has. Three percent death rate, which I mean, it might not sound big, no, but true. if it spreads, I mean, think about three percent of the population is disappearing, and of course we'll have measures, and of course age comes into it, like you said. Mm. But just seeing how it's being portrayed <coughs> in the news, how serious everyone's taking, I I do think we it is something we should.
1: But I mean, like if you look at the proportion of like, for example, so in the UK you've got two people who have, yeah. who have got the. At the moment. Yeah, next at the week moment. And <coughs> yeah, maybe I'll get myself tested without <laughs> But um and then three percent of a tiny but proportion think, is not very big. I
2: think I think you're looking oh. more like um, you know, like for instance Ebola when it came through, you know, it started yeah. as a minor thing and then there was a lot of um, you know, people who died from that. So I think it's it's, it's also not, the rate of spread. It's not yes. a minor uh, thing. If we can't contain it, then we do have that you know, at the, at the moment, we've got into that uh, era where, you know, people are living for longer, for mm. instance, you know, old people yeah. are living longer. And, uh, <coughs> and I think if obviously this new virus co- keeps coming on, the immune, immune, immune system might not cope up with this new sort of viruses that are coming. So it comes into this play, you know. So yours is more around, I
1: mean, like, broader, the fact that there's a rise in, like, all these new viruses as opposed to specifically coronavirus.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll always have something you'll never know, maybe. Mm. Well, the last, uh, you know, the declaration of emergency was SARS, and that was not Wasn't very Ebola? long, long time
3: ago. Yeah, Ebola was previous. Oh, <coughs> it mean, was a previous suicide. And this, yeah, so... But, like, all of these things, they, they stayed in the news for, like, two, three weeks yeah. and okay. then vanished. Yeah. And then, and
1: it's not like there's no cases of Ebola, but there is It's a like minimal
0: proportion of people. Yes, you, you're, you're right, WSRs and all of these other things coming up. But this is, maybe it's because I'm a bit older now, but this is the first time where it hit me that, you know, we could just die if we just walk past the wrong person and this new virus comes up. Because I was watching the news and it literally looked like I was watching a zombie movie. Where you know oh, the, the barricades, people were mm. eyes were being scanned. <coughs> these what? Things. Yeah, these little—I don't know what you call them. Was it a like scalpel? a uh,
2: scan or something yeah, like no, that? No, it's, it's kind a, of like that. It Checked your yeah. blood pressure. I think. Oh, oh right. yeah.
1: Even the doctors have that. went well, in the back of your eye, right?
0: Well, it hits your eye. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's when you take public transport, hmm. oh. and all these things where, like you know, lines of people oh, are waiting in the for hospital? no for people to go through. Wow getting checked, and I'm just thinking, oh this God. looks exactly like how they portray horror movies, yeah. you know, yeah, like one small scale, and yes, maybe it's not as contagious, but I do think flu uh,
2: is do contagious. I do agree with that, and I think, I mean, that's what happened in China, the first thing they did was, you know, stop all yeah. the uh, public transport to reduce that.
1: Wasn't it outside of the city? Mm. Like, is any public transport going outside? Into
0: the, yeah, yeah, everything the, needs the to be one city. That goes in and out, yeah. Yeah. But okay. Like I The only so. way
1: they were able to contain the plague was to literally quarantine people. And so, I think, as in like, so, so I, I as, as horrible as it is, yeah. as much as if we were in that situation and it was London that had the coronavirus, like I would hate us to be barricaded in and not yeah. be able to leave and see our families but at the same time for like the sake of like, literally the human race, I think it's, we have to do.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about England but I know America has these protocols for Things which are essentially zombie outbreaks where they would have barricades everywhere. So I'm sure actual in
1: zombie outbreaks or like or something like this? Scenario
0: based. So something similar. Okay. So. And I'm sure England has them too. And yeah, I would be happy to be blocked off it.
1: Me too. I would want to kill off
0: humans. <laughs> well, I,
2: I think I think I'd be happy to um, yeah, to be blocked. I mean
1: Okay, going back to coronavirus yes. yeah. and like reporting on the internet. So there was the story a couple of weeks ago where there was that nurse whistleblower who reported that actually the number of people infected by coronavirus is actually much higher than what's being reported by the Chinese
0: government. Oh! Yeah. 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 Did you guys see that story? No, I didn't. Oh, that yeah. Do you think bacteria and such are a natural defence mechanism of Earth to get rid of us? I mean, if you just think about it... Say that again? It's like Earth's natural response yeah. to get rid of humans. Because, because we're
1: overpopulated, totally. Yes, totally agree.
0: And we've now become king of animals. Well, maybe self-proclaimed because we are. We're like the top of the food chain.
1: I, I, to- I totally think that we're overpopulated and that we shouldn't. But and I don't believe in medication, even though I take medication even for my cold. <laughs> so, I do think we heavily invest into medicine, and we have an aging population, and we're overpopulated. And
0: think, so, so your opinion would be to let it run by. But then the thing is. Well, I mean,
1: like contain it.
0: But mm. how would you contain? Like with like natural
1: yeah. things, like barricade us into a city, for example.
2: So, uh, but then how would you contain people who are? I not mean, I don't know, or something, or in, and yeah, barricading them. them barricade
0: them, them in the
1: house, like quarantine them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but let them die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and no, seriously,
1: totally. no, not gay, maybe not slowly it <laughs> painfully, but yeah, no, mm-hmm. I think that it's it is nature's way of fighting against us, and I think that we're overpopulated, so.
3: Guys, I'm getting like a really weird Thanos fight. <laughs> <laughs> You're not team Thanos? <laughs> no. I don't know about Earth's natural response. Mm-hmm. I think... just the evolution. I think, yeah. I don't think it's Earth's response, but just the law of order. Yes, that's what I mean, yeah. Like everything happens. So we had the plague. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh We then had the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on and so forth uh, I just think it's another one of those and we're going to get through it because as Tina said we are at the top of the food chain we have capabilities that not many other animals or species on, the, on this planet have we will find a way however, I do think overpopulation is a problem mm-hmm. alright, let's shift on to the next topic then privacy versus security where do you stand?
0: how much privacy should we sacrifice for security Are they even correlated? How much should the government be allowed to monitor? Well, I can start this off.
2: I think there are two issues. Whichever way you're looking, Ray, there are pros and cons. I support the side of the government having more security because these days, the way we use apps such as WhatsApp, they're embedded with encryptions, which has completely changed how we communicate. So organizations can use these apps and it's very difficult for the government to track uh, track these individuals. So if you have nothing to hide, then they, this shouldn't be a major issue for you. Uh, there are challenges with this in terms of, you know, how will the government store
0: data and how are they going to use it? Yeah, I, I very strongly agree to that. To an extreme case even. Uh, if it helped, I would be happy to install cameras in my house.
1: What? In your house?
0: I, I think that's next level. Yeah. I, I know that sounds crazy and it is quite extreme. But I have nothing to hide. And if I was individually targeted, I, I would take offense to that. Because then I'm being singled out by the government. But if like, the whole nation is doing that, then w- what does it matter? I mean, maybe everyone else's life is so much more interesting than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but... if,
2: it's not like the government will call your parents and be like, this person is staying with this person, you know? Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, if, it doesn't cause me any harm. But the one thing I would say is, I would put an asterisk to it, because essentially what you're doing is, you're giving power to the government. Information is power, and by giving up all the information on you, you're making yourself vulnerable to being manipulated by the government, because that's what's hidden in data, trends and patterns.
1: Yeah, I'm going to interrupt here because I feel the other way. Yeah. So I understand like the importance of the government and the measures. But you know, and I should put it out there firstly that you know I have nothing to hide, and I'm not on the run or anything. But you're born into a life with a government, and you're not necessarily chosen to live there. Uh, and it's you know you're not given the freedom to move very easily to a government or a country where you could agree with the regulation that's in place. So there should be a limit to how much the government can should control you and control your life. So, for example, in the UK, and it's not that I'm trying to do this, but. You know, you can't just disappear off the grid. Like, you can't just disappear and, and not be found. So why should the government be able to control that? Like, why should they rule your life to that extent?
3: I, you know what? I mean, obviously, Stefan and Keishan agree with the complete right to security rather than privacy. I am with Tina and the exact opposite. I have gone as far as not having any social media just to ensure my privacy. Not that I have anything to hide. But I should be able to choose what people know about me, because chances are people will use things against you, and there's no way to there's no way to truly know what somebody's like when you give them the information. What kind of vesting are you going to have in place? How are you going to hire people to look after your deepest deepest secrets? Your you know. Um, that's my point in the whole. That's I think that's where I stand in the whole thing. I think privacy is of utmost importance. Now there are special special circumstances where you can waive it if there's terrorist su- suspects or threats to national security. In those cases, five because it's for the greater good. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about is it Cambridge Analytica? Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, okay, I want to jump in next. Yeah. See. <laughs> <Getting cute>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it look, uh, looks like we all know what, what, uh, what this was surrounding. It was essentially uh, election result tampering in America. Um, this is exactly what I mean. We shouldn't be in an age where somebody from Russia or halfway across the world should be able to interfere in another country's politics. Uh, so anyways um,
2: so <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting topic right and it's good to you brought the Cam, Cam, Cambridge analysis right um one thing I can say is the government didn't uh, you know spy on people for instance you know is what the information was already available in this social media Definitely. and that's what that's what created this okay, uh, gonna... information from Cambridge and 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 the government used this but the but the main Culprit for, for this was Facebook and it was the people who are behind the company <coughs> for, you know, the, uh, the com- people who are the directors of the Cambridge Analytica. And just going going to my other point as well, it's good to you mentioned that. Um, how many times have you gone on a website and you you you've had to accept yeah. cookies, oh, cookies for instance, okay. you know, and then you have this targeted ads uh, based on your research and stuff like that. Don't you think that's also about some, like, you know, violation of uh, privacy sort of thing where you're already given this information now when you're browsing uh, websites and then you're getting these targeted ads based on, you know, your <laughs> okay, information. And my, my, wait, wait, wait. So, wait, wait. Yeah. No,
1: this is like, so I work in advertising. And so this is like, my blood is boiling. This because, fine, I agree. And you don't have to use the internet. The thing is, is that everything you get on the internet, the fact that we're doing this podcast and having the opportunity to put it on YouTube or Spotify or whatever, all of those are ad-provided. And I'm not saying that, yeah, that's a right for the people to take the, your data away. I agree that there should be more transparency in who is having access to your data. But at the same time, the fact that you get so much for free. Also, in terms of what Cambridge Analytica analysed, like you said, it's not like you have like there's not that much for them to take of you online. All they can have a look at is what websites you looked at, what URLs you visited, what posts you like, what comments <coughs> you like. That it's not very private or personal information about you. Find there's other other um like d- depending on what type of data you're using, there's other sources of data that they could be using. But in the case of Cambridge Analytica, it was literally like what did you like on Facebook? What articles did you read? It's not extremely personal information about you, Right. like
0: your
2: but voting all information. Card. But all information was already entered by some user, you know, they already had this information <coughs> out in no, the they, public domain. They know? had,
1: they had, yeah. no, they had, they had, so Cambridge Analytica were a data collector and they had the information that, so when people visited these apps or whatever, and depending on what they clicked on and what they visited, what they liked, that was the data they were collecting on them. It was not like they collected their name, address, postcode and voting card, like election poll card. Point,
2: yeah, exactly. But then what was the source of that? The source of that was having a Facebook account, for instance. You know, if you didn't have but a you Facebook also, account, you also then had had a, You also have same. a Facebook
1: account for free. You, the fact that we use WhatsApp, and we're talking about how everyone uses WhatsApp, we use WhatsApp for free. And right. those services are provided through advertising.
0: I'm going to jump in. If those listening are wondering why Kishan and Tina getting this is actually <laughs> this is actually a a follow-up from previous debate there. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly it's so overflowing the current well. So to pull it back once more, so I, I, I totally see the flaws of giving up too much of your privacy. Um because you know, once you give out data there's psychological manipulation, you, you lose your individual uh, individuality. Thank you. Uh, you lose You lose that, society becomes too... We become too similar, right? We lose what makes Why us... Why? If you share data? Because if we become manipulated by the data, they will be able to make us into a society of essentially drones and bees. But I, I still think, as the world is growing, the size, the speed, it, it's sometimes necessary to have a little bit of, you know, sacrifice. And, like, all of this, yes, I agree you can be manipulated, but I feel like...
1: Do Stefan believes that he's the too way. Well, to I believe
0: data. But what I think is, it's not about giving the data; it's how about how it's used. I'm happy with giving out my information, whatever the government wants. You know, but I want to know how they use it. I want them to be regulated properly. I want to be ensured. I want that
1: them to be transparent.
0: Exactly. About
1: what they've collected and how they're using exactly. it.
0: Because totally. I take no harm in some guy on a data looking at my numbers. <laughs> you know, my line's going up and down in certain trends. I don't care what this person working for the government is looking at. If he's using that information to make me, you know, buy another car, you know, make me do things I don't want to do, that's when it crosses the line for me. So...
1: But how is... So that's interesting because that touches on advertising. But advertising yeah. doesn't make you do anything. Right, right. But, but it tries to influence manipulation, your choice. yeah. Psychological manipulation. Well, not manipulating Not, manipulate you, think, not necessarily. Think, it provides you with a choice. So it arts, doesn't force you to buy anything. So
2: ads is just one aspect, you know, of this privacy versus security. debate. Uh, yeah. But it's a large habit. part of and, like, where uh, data is used. I think one, one of the other uh, issue I brought up with this privacy was like, let's say if a householder, you know, was getting robbed every time, and they installed a CCTV camera, mm-hmm. you know, would you class that as invasion of privacy for, like, for other people? You know? Well, well so, in the UK, like, they, they have to put a sign up, don't e- they? Exactly. I mean, you have to put a sign out and have this method of, yeah. you know, uh, giving notice, make, making sure you're yeah. having, you know, but at the same time, you know, you're,
1: but that's a use you for personal security, not not right.
2: exactly by government. And so the same thing you can say with the you know threat of the
0: government, like yeah. you know you can say well,
2: if you think about it in a bigger bigger yeah. scale.
0: because in, it's in the UK, correct me if I'm wrong. We we are one of the few nations which are monitored by CCTV. All right, yeah. you know. I'm major.
1: just gonna put in. I don't know, that's just, this is gonna gonna support your yeah. story. Um But did you guys hear of the Kings Cross facial recognition surveillance? And mm-hmm. With, within the first two weeks of the cameras going up, they identified like seven criminals. Or yeah. we were able to locate seven criminals that were on the wanted list. Yeah. And I, so uh, I, I, there, there I, is a there is a benefit for it.
3: But. But that, that was the use of the facial uh, recognition, yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. it? It is, but then, sorry, similarly mm-hmm. in that vein, uh, I don't know where in Asia, I think China yes. are ex- experimenting with social credits. What's that? I like? don't know if you... So oh, Pay for attention? No, no, no. no, no. Social credit is when yeah. your face is scanned oh, yes. and attributed a certain yeah. point, oh, like a credit score, based on your behaviour, so right. which Tina's I, I, uh, example about cr- catching criminals is a justification. However, do you want it to turn into a big brother situation yeah. where you're judged for all of your actions? Yeah,
1: like your job. Your job is decided on what your social profile is. Exactly. Yeah, that's ridiculous. it's ridiculous. It's like an
0: episode of Black Mirror. Uh, it's funny, because I think about a world where, you know, you're born and immediately after you get told what to do And I'm just thinking, it's, it's grotesque to us right now because, you know, we all believe in, you know, freedom of the people. But I don't think I would mind as much. Maybe that's just me personally, <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure. But what's wrong with someone telling me this is what you're best at, if they're sure. I mean, maybe they're massive. But, but how
1: do you know exactly? How yeah, do you know that algorithm is Also, there's like this whole thing about like echo chambers where if, if they, if like, Incorrect data is con- continuously inputted into a system. Yeah. And it just con- no. continues to, like, echo something. Yeah. So you're not exposed yeah, to Yeah, no system data. is passed.
0: So my point of view on this is, like, <coughs> eventually we will be heavily monitored. And I think because the population is growing, <laughs> our, our metropolitan cities are becoming more complex, people are living in, you know, huge blocks. And eventually, I, I just think, maybe in a thousand years or so, if we do manage to survive, yeah, that's how society will be. But there will that change would be gradual. Because for us to think about it right now, it seems like such a leap. But if it's done over hundreds of hundreds of years, slowly adjustment every year, you know, oh, now we have a CCTV camera there. Now we monitor Facebook. Now we monitor WhatsApp. We'll we'll just become adjusted to it. But you know, like, I'm just taking taking into that,
2: you know, um, so for instance, you know, we're having all these home devices uh, installed. Not installed, but people are purchasing them like uh, uh, you know the Amazon Echo Mm. you know and Google for instance uh, they're all connected to our phones and Mm -hmm. things like that I mean people who are buying these products obviously they've got and uh, for instance Alexa is always listening to you every every time you you know you mention her name so like you know all this information and you're already giving out this information away I mean if you have nothing to hide then I don't see why why you know you should you you shouldn't give your rights to the government. I mean, I do agree with Stefan that it needs to be regulated and, um, you know, the government well, why, can't we,
0: use the, well, why the information. Why should you
1: be able to just, like, if you want to just disappear off the face of the earth? Why, why should you be able to do that?
0: Because it, it can affect other people. Let's because, say you're you're a crazy murderer. If you murder 100 people and then you just disappear, then, I mean, that, that goes into the I, big logic I, I, of... It, it is, exactly, and someone can just use a fake
2: passport or yeah. something and just get away with it. I mean, how do you, how, what, how can you capture, for instance, you know, how can you capture terrorists, for instance, you know, before they commit that terror? Yeah, it's so hard. Um, how do you gather all the intelligence to prove that this person is actually, you know, he was going to commit this crime or yeah. this person committed this crime? I mean, it gets very difficult, you know, and we have all these apps. You know where all the information and data is encrypted, and it's always, you know, challenged to recover that. I mean, I'm not a security <laughs> yeah. expert, but oh, just
0: just picture it. How would you even start?
2: Exactly, and how do you how do you even stop that yeah. from a- actually happening? I mean, it's all going through the you know I the data how, and things like that.
1: I understand how obviously in large scale crimes, like I I see the benefits for it. Like, for example, even that like King's Cross example where you catch seven criminals in two weeks. Like, that's awesome. I understand when it comes to large-scale crimes, that's a problem, and it makes it difficult, but I do think that there is a, uh, a there is a toss-up between the fact that by trying to surveillance people to catch big criminals, which are like, I would like to imagine are more rare than just normal people, you are completely in... Invading or controlling other people's lives and what they can do. Like you, uh, the thing is, like even like I don't know. This goes into a whole separate conversation. Oops. <coughs> <laughs> um, you can't um, you can't ex- you, like for this is a, a different topic, but you can't escape the tax system. For example, you can't escape. You can't go off the grid. You can't and and surveillance just keeps you tied in.
0: Yeah, I'm not for that.
1: But what if that's not a life that you want? Uh, but that's. And then, like, why should someone else, what, like, why should that have been determined for you that that's the life but, that but
0: you live? Unfortunately, that's the world you're born into. I mean, you can talk about how old, you know, you want to live. Okay, fine. Okay, no,
1: okay, fine. So, you so want to go I, to that. I, I something just quite dark. Hold on, quite yeah. dark. Is that, fine, yeah, that's the life I was born into. I don't even have the right to commit suicide if I choose not to live in that world. Yeah. Like, that's, like, how much is my life controlled? But, I didn't choose, like, I didn't choose to be
0: born but here. here's what I think is, what, what people overlook. We, we have the idea that, that we have all the freedom in the world. But we don't. Even in the world we live right now, you've already given up a lot of your privilege. <coughs> you've already, That's what I'm complaining about. No, no, about. but we're not talking about the latest ones. But, I mean, <coughs> we're quite lucky that we live in the UK <clears throat> and, such, and you can travel anywhere you want because the UK passport is you know is globally recognised. But if, for the ma- majority of the population which lives in poverty, I believe, they don't have that actually. They, they have to live where they live. They... You know, that is, maybe, I feel like this is just a first world problem where we're talking about, you know, oh yeah, I don't get to buy something without the government knowing. Whereas there's people out there who, you know, they're dying for food. It, it in the largest the
1: is not affecting them.
0: Yeah, I, I know, but I think you are talking so about that's choosing like, so that's, a life. So that's, so that's like a Every life has its conditions, you know. You're born into this life, this is the problem, this is what you have to live with. Just as someone who maybe has more freedom, like they live off the grid, like you said. They they have their own problems, you know. This is just one minor thing. And as long as I agree, if it controlled you, I don't know. transparency, no one should be manipulating me password, I think. But maybe this is actually a question I wanted to ask before we started. Do you think that security and privacy are completely linked? Because the GDPR, correct me if I'm wrong because you're more involved in am, 50% of these laws, the written law, is based on privacy rights. Yeah. The other is on security. So are they the same thing? Do all privacy laws affect security? Could you give someone privacy and it would just not affect the security? Or do you think that they are one and the same? The more privacy you give up, the more security you get. I don't know.
1: If, from my understanding of GDPR, mm-hmm. so I'm not a GDPR specialist, although I do have a lot of my role related to it but GDPR is like the general data protection regulation yeah. so it's not specifically to do with well it's it's to do with privacy like for, for people yeah.
0: but what and the
1: privacy those those. and security of people so in the case okay, so I, I, I always talk about it in the case of advertising because that's mm-hmm. the field that yeah. I'm used to using it in so like security in the case of not being able to use data to target like vulnerable groups of people so for example like gamblers with gambling mm-hmm. ads or alcoholics with alcohol ads, for example, um, or, or not being able to identify someone that is an alcoholic to be able to then serve them an alcohol. Ad. You shouldn't collect that sort of data. Um, I don't know too much about GDPR actually protecting, like having. Fine. So whether it has like a, an effect on security, yeah, of course it would. But do you, but you think the the protection act itself is just to regulate how data is used and collected? And do you think you data.
0: can have enough security without giving up privacy?
1: Uh,
2: that's a very interesting question, and I think <laughs> I think this is why you know I'm you know for it. Like in mm-hmm. terms of the government having you know all this data, you know, and uh, I think this is the only way at the moment to. Well, I, I don't know if it's the only way, but I think it's the only way that you know we can the most efficient the yes. most efficient way we can you know defeat uh, you know any terror terror attacks or any crimes uh, before they actually you know committed. That. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> I totally
0: uh, get. It. Yeah, it, i I share that thought because I just don't think the problem is of course the the people who are trying to do harm to society are the minority. And then it's a numbers game. How much is it worth to, you know, look into millions of people, billions of people's data to catch Also, oh, sorry, I'm also just gonna jump in because yeah. I
1: think in this case we're always talking about the fact that data is being used or Privacy is being invaded from <coughs> the government's perspective. Yeah. Right? But there is also the case where like all this like surveillance and all this mm. like data data that, can, ugh, data that can be collected on us can also be used for a, a bad purpose. So yeah, for example, the same way, yeah. not just to manipulate us in terms of our voting decisions, but also to track where are the most number of people at a certain time of day, like where's well, a hot spot to target or things like that. So, there, So data can also be, that's why it's not, no
0: one should have it. Oh, I, I totally disagree with that. Definitely that someone should have it. But I, I agree, but uh, like I said many times, it's not that I'm so, not like, happy to give them to it. I just want it to be used so, to like, that,
2: That's interesting because if you don't give your privacy away, <coughs> uh, what happens if a criminal runs into an uh, international company? I mean, international country, sorry. Um, how do you catch that person in that country? And that used to be Obviously, the case.
0: And people used to get away with
2: that. Exactly. And and the thing is, if you don't share this data and information and have that contact with, uh, you know, our our foreign um, uh, relations, and uh, we miss that, we take that risk, you know, that that person might just disappear into another country. And there's also a risk that he might commit the same murder in a different country. And if we don't share that uh, data that we've collected here on that person and work with that country, then you know, then what's the point of having that data and not doing anything about it? So
3: I think I, I see I don't know because I feel like I agree with what everybody's saying, but I, I, I would only say that your your data should be disclosed for certain certain purposes. Like in the sense that my shopping history, I am consenting for this purpose. For sorry. So a subset of data I am consenting it's used for one particular purpose, right? I am not consenting for that data to be used for any other purpose. Who is regulating that, right? I don't know if you guys watched uh, the Edward Snowden documentary where we don't have anywhere near as much control as we think we do, and mm-hmm. foreign governments are using it as weapons, right? Yeah. And every single situation that we've specified so far is based on a crime mm-hmm. or some kind of dangerous act. Yeah. What about if it's us on a personal level, like identity theft? Some kind of fraudulent fraud something that affects us on a personal level <coughs> but sorry just to intervene is, is your point that you don't want to give your
0: data because you're scared of identity fraud because again I, i'm only talking about in the concept
3: of giving it to the government and i hope they don't no. the thing is i mean that Edward stoner documentary yeah. people will take liberties when they do So I think they do like three levels whereby they can go outside the circle. So they can do you, your family, your friends. Mm -hmm. I feel like, what is the justification in monitoring that many people when you don't have any clear evidence that this is required?
0: But there's a lot harmful. harm.
1: Yeah, you You can collect data when there's a a reason to collect data or when there's a reason to suspect someone. Yeah, yeah, collect data.
2: But then the, the thing is, how would you... How would you make that decision? Decision that you suspect this person with no previous data. I mean, how would you build yeah, that case? especially up? like if you
0: said no data. Exactly. No data.
2: I mean, where where does
0: that original data but come from? To to Mickey's so, point, I think go five change goes seventh degree of knowing me. If you think I'm a criminal, yeah. If you're a criminal, you,
1: see if you think you're a criminal. That's yeah. the key. What if you don't think you're? What if there's no reason to yeah, suspect but you're a criminal? I'm talking
0: to uh, to Mickey's point. Like like I said, I'm happy to be data. As long as you used responsibility. But how can you guarantee it? Yeah. But that's why there should be transparency, yeah, there should yeah. be control. Well, okay, but also, if you say, so I'm just going to jump in and yeah. say,
1: with this whole, there should be transparency and control, it's great, I preach that too. Yeah. But, if you go on a website right now, and you're given those cookie banners, which everyone sees, who actually goes and reads all the people that collect your data, and then actually goes and select, or do you just simply press accept because you do have the data, you do you do have the transparency, you do have controls. Yeah. Do you use them? Probably not. Yeah. Most people. do. I don't. agree.
0: I only click accept all because Christina tells me. To. I know, I think I think
2: that uh, <laughs> uh, just to uh, add that on, I think that's the same thing with. Uh, how many times have you downloaded a software yeah. and then clicked on accept yeah. all terms without actually yeah. reading yeah. all yeah. the terms and, and sometimes
1: conditions? Like, it's not even so, I think
0: so, but I just think life has... You have to prioritise, you know? I, I, I just think, for me personally, it's not that important. Like, look at my data. As long as you don't manipulate... And I agree, it becomes difficult. Like, even if information is out there, will I be willing to look at it? And... In an ideal world, I would. I probably wouldn't, I agree. Uh, But yeah, you know, right now I'd say if someone came knocking on my door, like, give me all your information to keep the world safe, take it. Whether you can
1: have enough security without compromising on privacy, that's a good question. Yeah, I think you can't. You have to sacrifice.
0: No. But to what extent is what I think. Yeah. And my my line lies where, you know, I'm extremist and I, I agree, and probably if you. If you ask me tomorrow, I would probably dial back. a bit. But uh, <laughs> I, I feel like right now, I feel like you know what—I've got nothing to hide. If you—if you can save the world, if you can, you know, keep us safe. The only thing I really worry about is once I've given this data, that society just become drones and we get manipulated and we just lose our individuality. And that—that—that that, that requires the top of the chain of the government to be responsible, and you just can't. So, Can I also just yeah, add a point sure. on that
1: around the fact that we're using our individuality? So there was this, like, article came out a few years ago, um, and it was about how, like, through like social, the use of social media and AI and all this stuff, um, you know how, like, previously there was quite a lot of distinction between different like cultures? So, for example, like, the long neck tribe, mm. um, and there was different ideals of beauties so you have, like, the other ones who have, like, extended ear loops or whatever it might be. If you now look at the way society is developing, because we all have <coughs> access to the same, like, um, we have, all, all have access to the internet, we all have access to the same like images, we all are starting to form the same ideals of beauty.
0: Yeah, homoglobalisation is what I think it's called. Uh, okay. It's where we, we all become essentially, generally westernized. Okay.
1: I think your question that can we have <coughs> can we have enough security without compromising on privacy, I think I would have to agree that no, we can't. Um, also, I'm going to throw in I think that Partly, like, all these issues come down to the fact that we are such a fast-growing population, like, again, overpopulation being an issue to all of this. And I would say that, again, for me personally, like, I don't have anything to hide, so I don't mind giving my data away, but I do think that there should be less surveillance
3: in society. I would disagree. I, th- I I would say yes we that I would say privacy and security are the same size of the coin. There needs to be a fine balance of fifty fifty. I don't think you need to give it either. I think you um you just need to ensure that there is that there is a balance. Okay, so so you basically uh
2: basically 50-50. So you you're not making a decision. Now. Both are yeah, human yeah. rights,
3: Article Eight and Article Ten. There's a reason why we have them entrenched in our laws. So if you they are both vital. So for you, if you I flipped a coin, a <laughs> <laughs> so if
2: you flipped a coin now and you had to decide, either if someone one, came knocking on you, don't you and then they they probably try and sell you this. So which one would you go for after listening to all the pros and cons of? Uh, I would still keep my
3: privacy 100 as mm-hmm. my as my. Uh, rule of thumb, like there is no yeah. reason I see. I haven't done anything wrong. I know right. I haven't done anything wrong. Why are you accusing me of something?
0: Well, uh, I don't okay. want to extend the conversation, a, but I don't think it's a matter of accusation. You know, if everyone is in the same shoe, what the, what would it the matter?
2: Then no one is being singled no. out, right? So you if, don't if feel it's like if single out. I agree. Like you're don't not do accusing. It. Or
0: not Unless you have, obviously, you have. I if
2: you think. So. If you think about um, some people go, I think uh, through uh, uh, Amazon Alexa, uh, a lot of people, some people were convicted or something uh, because Alexa recorded um, one of the conversations in U.S. uh, I think I think they used that during uh, one of the criminals. So I I think in my opinion, right? It's good to I always I think I'm going along the lines with agreeing with Stefan, you know, uh, in terms of you know security is far more important. Than the privacy. I mean, if you have nothing to hide, then you shouldn't feel like, uh, you know, you shouldn't feel like you're being judged or anything like that. And uh, there are there are, I mean, pros and cons for both of them. For but for me, I think the pros outweighs the cons for having a, a better security uh, than privacy.
0: Yeah, for that. Okay, I think that wraps it up. Uh, I quite enjoyed myself. Ah, yeah, I good. think this was a I very a lot of it's
2: a good, good uh, conversation, <laughs> actually. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Now uh, for some
0: chai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to thank our special guest, Mickey. Hey. You would you like to give us final words <laughs> and advice? <laughs> 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 of what we've discussed today.
3: <laughs> for our viewers. I feel like if this is the bit where I had social media, I'd like tag myself. Like, hey guys, follow your boy. <laughs> um no i I honestly I, I think everything it's nice to have a good varied uh, opinion um, on matters, even though I disagree <laughs> <laughs> I mean you
1: were surprising me in a lot of agreement yeah. yeah
0: and that's what I said at twenty eight. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you join us at our next episode.